Northern California's number one rock festival is back. Bigger and better than ever before. Aftershock, October 11th through the 13th. Discovery Park, Sacramento. I put my fingers down my eyes. The preservation of the modern me. Blink-182, Slipknot, Corn, Bring Me the Horizon, A Day to Remember, Marilyn Manson, Stone Temple Pilots, Hailstorm, Chevelle, Bad Religion, and special appearances from Stain. It's been a while since I first saw you. And Rob Zombie. Aftershock Festival, October 11th through the 13th. Go to aftershockfestival.com for all lineup and ticket information. Tool, Slipknot, Blink-182, Corn, Rob Zombie, and so many more. and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the one and only Rock and Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the one and only Rock and Wrestling Podcast. I am your host with the most, Nick. It is StarCast 2 week. It is Double or Nothing week. Man, I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go, man. I just if When this drops, we're less than 24 hours away from when I will be in Las Vegas for StarCast 2 and AEW's Double or Nothing weekend. Man, it's going to be a blast. I am excited. And we've got a special guest today. The first music producer that I'm having on the show. None other than Kane Churko. His dad is famous producer Kevin Churko, who's worked with Ozzy and a number of other bands. Kane himself has worked with a number of bands. He resides in Las Vegas. He's worked with Five Finger Death Punch in this moment. Hinder, he's done a little bit with Ozzy as well. He's working with Santa Cruz these days. And I decided to have him on because he's going to be part of Franken Kazarian's Jam Session tomorrow night, the opening night of StarCast over at the Tuscany. And speaking of the Tuscany, Friday night, this this is what I'm going to tell you to do. 
on Thursday night, you're going to come to Frankie Kazarian's jam session to check out Kane and Frankie's band, Gutter Candy, because they're all friends of the show. Then Friday night, you're going to come back and you're going to go to the podcast movement, podcast one movement stage, and you're going to join me for the first ever live edition of the Rock and Wrestling Podcast with my guest, Josh Chernoff from So Says Chernoff on Fight TV. And we're going to discuss all about our favorite entrance music. We're going to each talk about a list of five entrance musics, hopefully, barring any technical difficulties, play little clips, and we're going to discuss it, debate it out, which ones are good, which ones aren't, and it's going to be a blast, 7 o'clock sharp, Tuscany Suites and Casinos, Podcast One Movement Stage, and if you can't be in Vegas for it, stay tuned at the end of the show, and maybe I can help you out here when you'll be able to hear that as well. Gotta give... Big shout out to last week's guest, Ricky Morton from the Rock and Roll Express. Man, what a great interview. What a great dude. Can't wait to see him at StarCast 2 this weekend. Man, it's just, it's going to be awesome. StarCast. First, I want to start off, though. Yeah, obviously the somber news. Rick not going to be there. Man, I was looking forward to meeting him in his meet and greet, but that's okay. I'd rather Rick be healthy than... Uh, and be around for a long time than worrying about trying to make StarCast. But, so, well wishes from me to Ric Flair. Get better. And if you want to keep up to date on all the latest news with the show, go follow on all social media, including on the old Twitter machine at Nick's RNW Podcast, Facebook Nick's Rock and Wrestling Podcast, Instagram Rock and Wrestling Podcast. You keep those five star reviews coming on the old Apple Podcast. Much, much appreciate that as well. Make sure that you can support the show, including my man Josiah. If you remember a couple weeks ago, he was on for a bonus episode over at Rock and Wrestling Podcast. I'll make some great shirts. He's going to be in Vegas for StarCast. So if you see him, say what's up. You can also support the show at the Pro Wrestling Tees site. Get your shirts there. You can also support the show on Patreon.com slash Podcast and get and a weekly shout-out like my man does every week, Danny J. Pond. Thank you. Thank you for all your support, man. One of these days we're going to meet, man. Too bad you're not coming to StarCast because it would be great. But one of these days we'll meet, we'll have a beer, we'll talk about wrestling and all that good stuff. As you can tell, man, I'm excited, man. We're just about, we're a day away from it, man. It's going to be a good time out there in Las Vegas. Double or nothing at AEW StarCast. I've got meet and greets out the wazoo, sting and face paint. I've got uh, Britt Baker. Who else? I have so many, I don't even know. Ricky Steamboat, Dustin Rhodes, Cody, JR. There it goes. It's coming back to me now. But it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And we're going to talk to one of the guys that's going to be participating in one of the, the events going on over at the Tuscany Thursday night, kicking off. Kane Churko, as I mentioned, he's a producer. Uh, he's produced Five Finger Death Punch, done a little work with Hinder in this moment, uh, as well as a little bit of Ozzy. He also is uh, runs an independent company in Vegas, so he's a big wrestling fan. It was a perfect match to come up. So uh, he's going to be part of Frankie Kazarian's jam on Thursday night. So we talked about that. We talked about his career, all that good stuff. So I'm going to stop yakking, and we're going to get into that right now. Here it is, my chat with Kane Churko. Aftershock Festival, October 11th through the 13th, Discovery Park, Sacramento, Tool, Link 182, Slipknot, Corn, Bring Me the Horizon, A Date to Remember, Stained, and Rob Zombie. Go to AfterShockFestival.com for all lineup and ticket information. 
professional wrestling has given us some of the greatest stories known to man. And although the stories may change, the one thing that makes them great is always the same. The payoff. Now is your chance to relive the greatest matches in professional wrestling history while listening to wrestling legends take you inside the ropes like you've never been before. Coming this summer, The Payoff. All right, I want to welcome to the show uh, the first producer I've ever had on on the show. Uh, He's worked from everybody from Ozzy Osbourne, Five Finger Death Punch, all, all, all some of my favorites. Uh, Mr. Kane, Kane Churko, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Th- thank you for having me, Nick. Yeah, so that's uh, kind of where I wanted to, to, to start because uh, being a big music fan and, and playing a little bit, uh, you know, being a producer, how is it, you know, working with so many different bands of di- legendary status, somebody like Ozzy, and what, you know, for the listeners out there that doesn't don't know what a producer does, can you, in a Reader's Digest, condense that down to what you do yeah sure yeah sure no um i mean i, I mean as a pro- i mean i i'm a producer but i also do um a lot of other things as well uh within that so n- normally for example when i'm working with a band um i'm actually um i'm actually usually co-writing recording engineering producing and mixing and performing anything as needed too so um so, so I'm almost I'm almost like an unofficial member of the bands I work with in, <laughs> in the process, in the process sometimes. So um, uh, I, I really aid in every every aspect of the process from writing the song to how the 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 song sounds and and, and right down to the mix and what's delivered in the end. Yeah, and you obviously, like I mentioned, you've worked with a bunch of people that you know in my book are, are of legendary dairy status, you know, and, yeah. and when they, when they, you know, you've done some co-writing and I've always been curious as, as a music fan, how does the, the co-writing work? Do they ask you, Hey, we want some more input on this, or do you have something that would fit here? Or, or do you propose to them? Hey, I've got a song that might fit you guys. Um, I don't think there's one, one, uh, exact way. I think, I think it's a little, a little bit of everything. Um, every, every artist is a little bit different. Um, I, I think the process that I prefer the most actually is getting in a room with the artist, um, whether it's just for a day or two, and um, just just writing something together and just you know, having conversations, asking, you know, when I when I meet with a new band, the first thing I do is ask them, you know, what do you want to do? What what are your favorite songs that, that you have? What do you want to do more of? Who what, what what don't you feel like you've done right in the past? It's almost—it's almost like a therapy session in the beginning, <laughs> where I'm—I'm I'm just trying to collect all their info and and insecurities and and creativity and um, just see maybe where I can uh, help help enhance that. Um, you know, maybe there's some things they're really good at and they don't need help with, uh, but maybe there's some things they're not as good at. Um, you know, not not every singer is a is a musician, for example, as far as playing an instrument or understanding music. So, um, you know, very often I'll be the music guy working with the, with the singer and just trying to make make sure that they, they're on track and that and, and that I'm giving them something um, creative to to do their thing on top of um, whether that means giving them a track that I've already started or or we're just working together in a room and I got a guitar or something and we're and I'm 
giving them riffs or you know just just really trying to get them excited about something and then uh follow that follow them wherever that goes oh that's that's i mean that's awesome i i find it fascinating the the other the other side of you know everyone sees what the band does but there's this whole other team like yourself creating you know a song or an album and you know Obviously, your dad being a, a famous producer was that the natural progression when you were growing up. You're like, I'm I'm kind of gonna kind of follow my dad's footsteps, or was it? You know, I like playing in in a band, but I like the producing engineering side more. How did you go into that, or did you just follow in your dad's footsteps right away? No, I mean, I mean, yes, yes, and no. Um, I don't think uh, I, I wouldn't say it was necessary. It was like a like definitely day one, I wasn't like I I want to. I didn't know in my head I wanted the producer necessarily. Um, I think both dad and I started. We kind of similar trajectories where we started out as musicians just, just that just played in a band, um, and then we you know learned how to write our songs, then eventually learned how to record our own music, and then eventually recorded music for other people, <laughs> um, and and it just kind of just went from there and from us being receptive to the, the opportunities we, we, we had with our, with our, you know, abilities, let's say, um, you just kind of keep going further and further down the rabbit hole until you realize one day you're a producer <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in a certain sense. But I mean, I always loved music. I always grew up around it. Um, but when I was a kid, my dad really wasn't producing as much. He was just a drummer in a band. So I'd, I'd, uh, I'd, try, I'd get in the van with them, and I'd go go out, be on tour with them, and sit behind the drum kit while they're playing in 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 country bars and and all that kind of stuff. And was just always immersed in music, and I think naturally loved it. But, but oddly enough, no one ever really pushed me into it. That that's that's cool though. That like it's you know you you kind of have that lineage with your dad, but like you said, he wasn't producing. It was just kind of something that you you more or less stumbled into because you're in bands and somehow you end up being a producer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's funny though because I mean uh, when I think about uh, you know my you know earlier times when I was a kid and stuff, um, I kind of always liked recording things and I always liked making ideas up as far as like whether they're poems or songs or just something I'm humming to myself. Um, and I have I have uh, when I was eight or eight or nine, I would actually like, for example, take my sister's Fisher Price recorder, the one with the telephone cord to the micro <laughs> attached to the microphone on it, and, and I'd put that up against the boombox, and then I'd play like an instrumental version of a song. Because back back then you had cassettes, and sometimes they'd have the instrumental on the other side of like a single or something. If you, I think I had Michael Jackson Black or White, and then on the other side there was the instrumental version of that. So I'd play that, and then I'd write my own song on top of it with this uh fisher price recorder <laughs> that, that's and, so cool that's funny that, and, and it's funny because i mean no one told me to do that no one taught me to do that it's just when i was alone in a room and i had access to those things that's what where, what my brain wanted to do and that's how i wanted to entertain myself so it, it, it's funny that you know all these years later 25 years later I'm still kind of doing the same thing. <laughs> well, you bring up the the Fisher Price thing. I had when I was younger. I had the the Talk Boy from Home Alone too, and that was <laughs> and that was before you before YouTube. You know, I, I would you know I remember I think it was when Guns and Roses came out at the VMAs, and the, nobody had seen them for a while. So it was like, man, I really want to listen to that, but all I've got it is on VCR. So I just put the Talk Boy next to the TV and recorded it. So I had it on a cassette, <laughs> so I could listen to it wherever I went. 
<laughs> that's awesome. So that's it's funny. I'm like, yeah, kids out there, they got YouTube now. You just download it, and make it into an MP3, and it's on your phone instantly. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a such a different different time in that sense for sure. Well, yeah, a different time, and that brings up you know a point of you know technology and, and recording, and you know a lot of people say, oh man, it's it's so easy for people to make records now because y'all, oh, you mess up, you can just delete or you can put tracks or whatever. How do you, when you work with bands, make it seem, you know, because the, the records that I listen to and that a lot of fans love are ones that the band played live and it's not so much, how do you balance that between using technology as your friend but also keeping that live, raw sound for a band? Uh, that's, that's a good question and um, I think that's something that every producer probably has a, a slightly different opinion on. Um, I, I think when it comes to me, my, my focus is what the end result has to be. Um, let's say, so if it, for, so for, so for example, so for example, um, I, I don't care how we get there as long, as long as we do, do whatever it takes to get there. Um, in that in that sense, I'm not I'm not precious about uh, or or romantic at all about um, whether something's live or whether we played something one note at a time. Honestly, um, not that that happens a lot, but <laughs> but uh, but but I, you know I want it to sound good and I want the fans and and the, the 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 person at the end that's listening to it to get that feeling listening to it that you, that you talk about um, that they that they might get from listening to something live, but I don't necessarily care, care how live it is. Um, and, and I'd even argue that a lot of bands don't, don't really know as much about the recording process of their own music <laughs> <laughs> as, they, as they think they do. So I, th I think even, um, you know, there, there's an element of, you know, this is a wrestling and music podcast, right? So yeah. there's, there, there's an element of kayfabe, I think, in rock and roll. Um, and in the music business that um, has been protected for a long time, that has perpetuated a lot of myths, I think, about how things were done or how things are done and and who did what. <laughs> yeah. Well, you bring up the, yeah, the, the kayfabe in the music, you know, that's, you know, Guns N' Roses is my all time favorite. And it's funny to hear them, you know, hear some of their stories when they were recording, like, Use Your Illusion. They're like, oh, we didn't use a click or anything. They're all, Matt Sorum was just that good. He was in time. And I'm like, I'm sure Matt was good, but the way you made it sound that, you guys didn't need any of that, it, you know, and, and I get it was a different time, but I'm like, are you sure? Because you guys were, you know, not in the best state of mind. Who remembers? So it's kind of funny that you bring that <laughs> up because it's like, are you sure you didn't use a little bit here or there to to punch something? Exactly. And I mean, I've, I've done enough records um, and been behind the scenes enough to know that that uh you know sometimes people i'm not saying he lied but sometimes sometimes <laughs> people 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 lie and it's it's you know even from a band's perspective or a fan's perspective rather you know the fan doesn't want to necessarily imagine um me me writing the song they want to think that the band wrote the song right yeah exactly. and, and 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 they don't even want to imagine this other other quote-unquote professional guy in the room you know, tr trying to dissect the art and, <laughs> and make it get and make it catchier, but but it happens and and it, ex and, it, and, it and it and it exists. But 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 are the are the bands going to go out there and say, hey, yeah, we wrote this new record and uh, we did every song with you know with this guy and here's what he did and here's what lines he wrote? No, they're just going to kind of protect the art as I would, and 
you know, just make the focus about the songs and, and, and not necessarily who did what. And sometimes you got to tell some white lies to make it uh, m- m- more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you bring that up because that's a, and it's another comparison, you know, you making that to wrestling. It's like, you know, everyone thought, you know. The Rock is an all-time great, and everyone's like, oh, The Rock just went out there and went off the cuff. I'm like, now as you get older and you see him do interviews because he's not in wrestling, he's like, oh, no, that was all scripted out for me. I knew exactly what I was saying word for word. So it is, it's that comparison, too, where, you know, well, you know, maybe the producer had a little more say in writing the big hits, but the band's not going to say so. Exactly. Not not only that, I mean, I'll give you... Um, examples I, I've seen, not always examples of my own, although I've probably done some of the same things over the years, but um, uh, I, I've seen other session players come in after a band and replay their parts unknown, unbeknownst to the band. Wow. And, yeah. and, the, and the band comes in the next day and just thinks that they rocked the, the day before. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so they're saying, "Hey, yeah, we didn't play without a click. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we 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 just killed it. Not 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 realizing that uh, you know a, a pro drummer may, might have come in the next day and um, done it from scratch, or that, or in the night, or or the producer did it, or the or another band member did it. I mean, I've seen other band members re-record each other's parts um, for you know that not uh, you know not with the knowledge of the other person uh, of the other person, and um, you, you know that's I guess where what I mean about just I don't really care how it happens as long as we get to something good and and uh, and whatnot. But there's still a question of what of what songs Ringo played on in the on Beatles records. I mean, the the rumor is Paul McCartney played a lot of them. Yeah. yeah you, <laughs> well, you, you, you know, th- 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 things like that. So it's like you never really ever know. <laughs> well, that, you know, I'm as a, horrible as that is. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big I'm a big Kiss fan. So it's like when you get into the, the early 80s and like Creatures of the Night and they say, well, this guy played on this song and this guy played in this song. It's like, are you sure? Who played on what? You know, the, you know, it's <laughs> it's that old like that. Well, they they say that you know Vinnie Vincent played on this song, but then Paul says it was a session guy and this guy. So I yeah, it is funny that way. Yeah, yeah, and maybe everybody's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe only the producer knows. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you you uh, obviously you you know you've worked with numerous 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 bands. Uh, who would you say you know is always a delight and you always love working with? Oh man, there's so many. Um, honestly, I'm so grateful um, with how many of my artists I have just really good relationships with. And um, if you look at lots of the, the bands we have worked with, uh, both Dad and I, very often we do numerous records with them. So we've we've done. We're about to start our seventh Five Finger Death Punch album, and we just finished our sixth In This Moment album, um, and things like that. So uh, I, I love I love working with those bands. I mean, In, in This Moment's like family to us. Five Finger Death Punch are like family. I mean, uh, Ivan's like a crazy uncle, and M- M- Maria from In This Moment's like some cool aunt. <laughs> you, you know, like we've we've just known each other now for over a, a decade or around a decade, I, I would say. So. Um, you, you just you, you, you those relationships are definitely the most special but but even people I haven't known as long I mean I, I love working with skillet um, there's some of the nicest people that I've ever worked with uh, hailstorm are some of the nicest people I've ever worked with uh, um, I mean I think at a certain point when you uh, when, when you've done when you when you've when you've done this so so long and like with the, as those artists have I mean they, they they all learn how to be pretty cool people and 
professional and friendly. Um, and there's only a handful of bad seeds <laughs> in, in the bunch. <laughs> well, you you know you bring up working with you know you said you know this is going to be seventh you know five finger for finger death punch record you're going to be working on with yeah. with them you know and they're like like family and I think that's good. Would you say you know you've become you know I don't want to say you know I'm not trying to legendary or anything but you're almost like that sixth member in the room you've worked with them so long that they you guys kind of are on the same wavelength when when recording a record uh, I, I would say i would say my dad even more so is that mm-hmm. is that guy and i'm the uh I, i'm the i'm the i'm the pinch hitter that's been there the whole time <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the whole time mm-hmm. the, 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 whole, the whole time that, that comes in every now and now, now and again gets called called into a play and mm-hmm. And uh, you know, try, try, tries to tries to bring the game home. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, I mean, the, I'm I'm so close with all those guys, and 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 I love them all so much. And we've all been through so much together, and just been on the same kind of crazy ride in a sense um, uh, together. And 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 it's 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 really cool thing to to be a part of and be connected to. Yeah, it definitely is. And then you know, looking at you know everything you've you've worked on, and obviously you mainly work with the the hard rock and, and metal world, but you've worked on other you know country pop stuff. Do you find it you know difficult? I would find it difficult because I'm not a pop, you know pop or country fan. Having to shift when you do record with those artists, that you're like, wow, I gotta have a different mindset. You know, I, um, I actually prefer prefer to to jump around on different stuff. Um, it, it's almost the opposite for me when I keep having to do the same kind of thing too long. I get just kind of burnt out on it. It becomes harder to, um, to think outside the box once you spend enough time in it, I guess. And, um, working on different kinds of music and different kinds of genres kind of keeps the work I do in other genres fre- fresher. You know, when I, when I spend time working on a hip hop project or, something more electronic and then go do a rock record again, a little bit of that ends up, ends up kind of coming, coming with me and evolving than what I do with the next rock band I work with. Um, at least, at least I think so. And I like that. I mean, that's, um, I love all kinds of music and it's fun to be able to do all kinds of things. I mean, it's music's an, music's an odd thing in the sense that, um, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of people pull so much identity from it that, um, that it's 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 never been looked at as a good thing as an artist to do like lots of different styles. Let's say like you don't want to see your favorite heavy metal singer then the next day do a jazz record, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's just it's it's it because you you want it to be this this certain identity and stuff, right? But but when you look at movies, um, a director can do or an actor can be in all kinds of movies, you know. Tom Tom Cruise could be an action hero one day, and then in a comedy, a, a comedy the next day, and then in a science fiction movie, and then a, then in a horror movie or whatever. And and you don't really you, you don't really care, and 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 they're allowed to creatively express themselves that way. And I, I like to think of it like that. I mean, I, I want to make all kinds of movies, <laughs> not, not not just horror movies. I want I, I want to make a comedy. I want to make an action movie. I want to make a make make a drama and. Um, and I just I just find the most enjoyment out of kind of uh, navigating a balance of of all the different kinds of things I can work on. 
Do you ever get any? You you know you mentioned you know I might go work. You work on an electronic record or or, or a hip hop record and bring some of that back into the next rock record you do. Do you ever get any pushback from you know the rock guy that say hey we don't we don't want that or is it just a real minimal type thing that you might be bringing that wouldn't change the whole complexion yeah. of the record? Um, both. I, I mean, I'm I'm never trying to. Uh, you know, I, I definitely don't want to ruin something, and for sure, like I'm always sensitive to uh, the art and the vision and history of an artist that I, that, that I'm working with. So I'm I'm not gonna I'm I'm never gonna try to push anything on them that's probably too uh, too left field. But if they say, hey, they wanna they wanna make a little more modern of a record with some electronic elements, um, I, I kind of know where to pull that from, um, and it's and and one thing I've seen is a lot of rock people don't necessarily always listen to all kinds of music. So they, they might want to make their music more like other things, but they don't necessarily know what all those ingredients are. So it's kind of my job to, I think, be aware of lots of different kinds of things and know when something's leaning too much one way or one way or the other or the wrong or, or the wrong way. Um, and, and I think educate educate the artist as well along the way so they can make uh, better choices. Yeah, oh, awesome. Now let's shift gears. Obviously, obviously you're a wrestling fan and doing some some sure. things with with pro wrestling. Can you talk a little little bit about that and what you what you're doing exactly? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I currently own a promotion in Las Vegas called Versus Pro Wrestling. Um, this is it's just been a year since we since we launched it. And uh, we've probably done about maybe eight or nine shows um, over the past year. And it's super fun, um, very, very punk rock in a, in a certain sense. I mean, it's it, this isn't a, ma- a massive thing. This is us entertaining, you know, 100, 100 150, 200 people at most at a, at a time. And, uh, and just putting on uh, fun, fun shows. Um, I, I spent some time over the last couple of years um, sporadically uh, doing some wrestling training, um, and I appeared on other shows as a, as a manager and stuff. Um, my character was the producer. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And um, and I trained at like the Snake Pit with Jake the Snake and um, Sin Bodie and D'Lo Brown, um, and uh, learned how to take bumps and learned how to do manager manager spots and uh just kind of fell in love with the with the business and kept asking questions until um there was an opportunity to uh start start our own thing and um so I have a, I have a partner named Wes Wes Logan who also uh is in a heavy metal band is a, sing- a singer in a band called Dim and uh we started this awesome cool wrestling thing that that is super cool were you have you always been a, a wrestling fan yes uh i i i've it's fun. It's funny because because another we talked talked earlier about how I've always kind of been a producer and always been interested in that. Well, when I was twelve or maybe eleven or or or, or whatnot, I would rent the WWF pay per views, and I would charge my friends five bucks <laughs> to, to come watch it. I'd I'd, I'd sell them hot dogs. <laughs> That's great. And and essentially. You know, essentially promote the promote the show, right? And um, and uh, that's kind of the same thing I'm doing now with versus pro wrestling. <laughs> well, that that's great. I mean, you know, you've got the advent of the WWE network, which you know, ten bucks a month, and you get all the pay per views. But you know, 
you yeah. know, someone like yourself and older like me, I remember when, you know, the pay-per-views, they weren't cheap. You couldn't, you know, and every month it was 40, 50 bucks, but you start yeah. charging friends, you could make that, you may, may even double your money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so I think I've always had that sort of, uh, entrepreneurial spirit attached to, <laughs> attached to the things I love, but, um, but I've always, I've loved wrestling. I mean, I was a big fan of Bret Hart and, uh, I, you know, probably 1996 was like the best 1997, 1996, 1997, 1998 were probably like the best years in wrestling for yeah, me. Yeah. Nine, yeah. 97s when I got really 97, 98, man, that, those are just classic years to me. Those are, yeah. those are great years at the sting Hogan and the rise of stone cold. You can't beat that. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, there's so, so many memories attached to that, you know, to that era, to so many catchphrases that came out of that era, not just for wrestling fans, but just pop culture. And, um, it, it just you couldn't you couldn't avoid wrestling at at, at at that time. It was it was every it was everywhere. Yeah, well, I you know I do the podcast because I think there's a lot of parallels between rock, the music business, especially in the rock the rock world and and pro wrestling. And we talked touched on it a little bit. Now that you kind of run a, an indie promotion, plus you know you do your producer. What similarities do you see in in, in the two? Oh, so much. I mean, I, I probably talk about the similarities every single day <laughs> with, with, you know, I, I tell, I always use wrestling analogies for my bands <laughs> in, in a way to, the, to get them to think about it differently. I mean, the, what I love about wrestling now, I think the most as, as an adult is I love when the whole package comes together perfectly. And by that, I mean, when the rest, when the right wrestler has the right character when he's dialed it in perfectly with the right catchphrases with the right move sets with the with the right pacing with the right way that he walks to the ring with the right theme song with the right t-shirt like when all that comes together it's just so fun to me and it just like lights up my brain <laughs> and just make, makes me makes me feel good i like see i like seeing i, I love to see the the congruency and the and the synergy of all those things working together in the right way, um, and music's kind of the same thing. So for me, when I'm writing a song uh, with a band or producing a record, uh, I'm very often thinking about well, what is their character? What can they represent authentically? What do they look like they would represent? What would the person that doesn't know them think that they're about? Like how how do I how do we make art that's consistent and reflective of just what what this person has going for them and what and what you know what that should be their their platform let's say um and you, you, it's kind of then trying to juggle all these things right and I'm, I'm thinking of the t-shirt i'm like well can this song be a t-shirt is is there a phrase that can come from this where it can go <laughs> go on a shirt and people want to not just like this song they'll want to wear this song they'll want to make it part of their their identity and and project their own their own th their own thoughts upon it and stuff. So uh, I, I guess it's weird that that's how I think of. Re I, I pull so much of my knowledge from that actually from how I look at wrestling and um, the, the the parallels between that, those things. Yeah, that that's that's awesome, and that's that's kind of how I think. Like I said, you know, you say the T-shirt idea. I think you know, there's bands that might have like a gimmick, but it, it, there's there's so much crossover. And do you find when you're working with certain bands that you kind of get surprised, like, oh, you guys are fans? Like, are there certain bands that, that they're huge fans that you've ever worked with? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think 
I, I think wrestling appeals to a lot of uh, people that like rock music just because of the spectacle and the the suspension of belief. I mean, any any Kiss fan can appreciate wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Well, you bring up <laughs> you know, the, the Kiss fan, and that's how I got into it. I got into music because of wrestling because WCW had the Kiss character. <laughs> so that's that's so funny you say that. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, Kiss was my first concert and stuff mm-hmm. too. So it's like any the same way any Kiss fan can appreciate wrestling, any any wrestling fan can appreciate Kiss. <laughs> I think, and and uh, so so you know, just the spectacle, the show, the just you know what what the, what it can represent and stuff. Um, uh, even just the brotherhood of it, you know, or whatever the camaraderie that that, that exists because it's kind of its own club you know let's, yeah. let's say the rock music world and then as well as the wrestling world they're their own clubs it's like you know when you when you're a rock music fan you're part of you're still part of the same cloth as, as, as every other rock music fan in a sense so um i think you just see a lot of the same there's a lot of there's a lot of over, overlap i get i get bands wanting to come to shows a lot um i meet lots of Music, musicians that um, are into wrestling and lots of wrestlers that are into rock music and, and have bands themselves. Yes, definitely. So uh, where can people find out about your, your promotion? Where can they check it online and shows and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, for sure. You can go to um, versusprowrestling.com, um, and we have our official site up there, and um, there's tons of info there. Of course, we're on social, social media, Instagram, Facebook, just type in versus pro wrestling and uh we're, we're the only one <laughs> so so you can check us out there and then fine my the final thing i wanted to talk about is you're going to be doing some stuff at, at starcast because it's in vegas where you're located so can you talk a little bit about what you're going to be doing at starcast yeah i'm so excited for that because as a as a wrestling fan and as someone who's genuinely excited about um both starcast and and all elite wrestling and double or nothing coming to vegas um, the, the fact, the fact that I get to be part of the Frankie Kazarian jam session to, uh, to kick off, to kick off the week is, is just really cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, 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 it's pretty surreal for me to look at, look at a flyer and see me as the special guest alongside stars like Frankie Kazarian and the Godfather and Colt Cabana is like going to be there. And <laughs> it's just, you know, I, I've, I've, I've been a fan of all those guys for, for years before I, knew any of them and stuff so it's uh it's it's a trip man i mean literally five years ago i was just getting back into wrestling as an adult you know just imagining what it'd be like to be even even a minor part in the business and and to do all the stuff uh that i get to do even now is like literally a dream come true yeah, I know. I've had Frankie on my show a couple of times, and I just had him on about a month ago, and we were talking about that. I said, you know, I play guitar, man. Let me get up there and jam Heavens on Fire, and maybe Jericho will show up and come sing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of surprises. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the event or the night, the jam session itself is going to be the the Thursday night at the Tuscany mm-hmm. Suites um, at 1030, um, which is, I think, the 23rd. Yeah, it's Thursday and, night, yeah. Yep, and um, and uh, it's Frankie Kazarian's uh, band, uh, uh, Gutter Candy. Yep, Gutter Candy. Yep, uh, uh, playing playing covers, and I'll get up there and probably sing a song or two, and a lot of other cool people like Papa Buck will be there <laughs> singing, yeah. singing singing a couple songs, and um, uh, the God, like I said, the Godfather's going to be there, Cole Cabana, um, a lot of un- a lot of people they haven't even announced yet, so it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm going to be 
Right there, front row. You know, I can't. I can't wait. So it's gonna be awesome. Well, definitely come say hi and stuff, and I'll just be hanging. I'll be hanging out, and um, I'm I'm sure all night. So uh, we'll we'll have a drink. Yeah, that would be that'd be (laughs) awesome. And my final question is, I always ask, you know, the musicians I have on, what's your favorite song to play live? But obviously, you're the producer. So is there one song that you've co-wrote or produced that that's I wouldn't say your crowning achievement, but you're most proud of? I. Yeah, uh, I, w- I would. If I'm thinking at the top of my head, um, "Blood" by In This Moment is still like um, just it, it was it was my baby, so it, so it's just like super precious to me. I'm so proud of it. <laughs> it grew up, it grew up so well, <laughs> you know. And um, uh, it's it, it was a turning point song, I think, for for me as well. So I just have a lot a lot of emotion and, and, and love invested in, in that track and, and the success that uh, came out of it. Um, and it's just a, a special moment in time when I think about it. That's that's awesome. And then final thing, where can everybody check out, keep up with what you're doing, whether it's producing, wrestling, all that, social media? Sure. sure. Um, I am on probably almost every social media platform I can find. <laughs> uh, just look up uh, Caden Cherko, just my name, Caden Cherko, K A N E C H U R K O. I like to say C H U R K O out of nowhere. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's a, you know, I, that's it's, cool, right? <laughs> you got you got that, and then you got the first name Kane. I mean, you can't beat that. <laughs> totally, Kane. C H U R K O out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. No, look, look, look me up. I love talking to the people that love wrestling and music, and uh, you know, I, I love. Being on podcasts like this one is thank you for having me on and stuff. It's cool to talk about two things that that I love at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> no, it was it's a perfect fit. I love giving people, especially somebody like you that's got you know feet in both worlds. It's perfect. Cool, cool. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Awesome. Aftershock Festival, October 11th through the 13th. Discovery Park, Sacramento, Tool, Blink-182, Slipknot, Corn. Bring Me the Horizon, A Date to Remember, Stained, and Rob Zombie. Go to AfterShockFestival.com for all lineup and ticket information. I want to thank Kane Churko for coming on the show today, man. Very, very cool to have him as the first producer on the show. You know, he's, like I said, he's worked from everybody from Five Finger Death Punch a little bit with Ozzy in this moment. Uh, Hinder, so a lot of great, great bands. Uh, also a big wrestling fan. It was cool to hear him talk about how he kind of went in and did some wrestling training, became uh, a manager, and has an independent promotion. So he's a big wrestling fan too. So it's going to be cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting Kane here, uh, well, tomorrow night at Frankie Kazarian's jam session. So I'm just looking forward to everything about this weekend because it's a celebration of pro wrestling, and it's it's going to be incredible. The first StarCast was, was awesome. The second one, it's it's going to be great. It's such an honor. I've got to give a shout-out to Conrad for allowing me to do a live show. I've never done a live show. You know, I've played in bands. I've, I've done plenty of live shows in, in a musical setting, playing in a band, but I've never gone out and talked in front of people for a podcast, and it's going to be cool. I appreciate i got to give uh, Josh a shout-out for, for coming on and being, being my guest. Uh, you know, I chose Josh because Josh has been a great supporter of my show. He's helped me tremendously uh you know we met last year at starcast for the first time and he's been such a great supporter of my show and i love everything he does so i felt that it was perfect to have him on and discuss entrance music i wanted to do something different 
I knew that, you know, obviously I'm not just a wrestling podcast. I do things with music and talk about, you know, have rock musicians, have rock producers like Kane on. So I figured, what a better way, the importance of music in pro wrestling will enter into music. And let's just discuss. I think there's going to be a really, really fun, and I can't wait. As I mentioned earlier at the top of the show, if you stay tuned, uh, if you're not going to be in Vegas and you want to be able to listen to the live show, uh, obviously I'm not on the main stage and you can't buy it on fight. I'm not, you know, not that, not that big, but I did get confirmation that I'm going to get a copy of my live show in audio form and I will bring it to you right here on the podcast. Now I'm not going to bring it to you next week. Uh, I've got a special guest lined up for next week that I'm going to tell you here about in a, f- in a few seconds. Uh, but I would next some sometime within the next month in June, you'll get the audio from me and Josh, what we talked about at the live show. You will get that right here on the show. Uh, we've got some great guests coming up in the next month, too. So it's only the beginning. I'm hoping to bring you a StarCast 2 review just like I did with the first one. Obviously, there isn't a podcast row. So I'm not going to be able to be jumping around and getting people, but I'm hoping to run into people, and I have much better gear now. I've upgraded. I have portable stuff. I'll be able to grab whoever I can, and it'll just be a fun little thing, and I hope to bring you that. I've got some great guests coming up next month, as I mentioned, and it's going to be really, really cool. Some special, special stuff. If you pay attention to social media, you know I've interviewed a couple of people already that I'm going to meet this weekend, and I'm going to bring that to you right here. And to keep up on all the socials, you can do so at first on the Twitter machine, Nick's RW Podcast, Instagram, Rock and Wrestling Podcast, and Facebook, Nick's Rock and Wrestling Podcast, patreon.com slash rwpodcast, get, you know, Help support the show any way you can. Rockandwrestlingpodcast.com for your shirts, pro wrestling tees. Keep those five-star reviews coming on iTunes. Much, much appreciated. But, you know, here in the final few minutes of the show, I want to get into the StarCast, man. You know, everybody's talking about Double or Nothing, and it's going to be great. I, I have no question. You know, All In is, to me, it's the top one, if not the top pro wrestling show I've ever attended. Uh, and Double or Nothing's not going to be far behind. To see Jericho will make is going to be great. Uh, Cody and Dustin, the Battle Royal, all, all great, great stuff. And But I didn't want to pre- preview that here in the last few minutes. I think there's a lot of podcasts out there, a lot of shows like Busted Open that are going to preview that card. What I wanted to do is preview some of the events at StarCast because Conrad and his team do such a phenomenal job. And Conrad has been so kind to me that I wanted to give back a little bit and preview some cool, cool things here in the next few minutes. So first I wanted to take a look at is, you know, just some of the stage shows. If you're not going to be in Las Vegas, I don't know why the hell you wouldn't be because it's StarCast. It's amazing. If the first one didn't sell you on it, the second one sure did just based on the talent alone. But if you're not going to be in Vegas, here it is. I'm going to throw this out there. Is Let's look at some of the stage shows. Obviously Thursday night, is is great. You have the Remembering Owen with the JR. You know, that's replacing the five stars and 30 years later with Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair. Either way, it's going to be a really, really fun. I think it'll be a nice, count, uh, uh, you know, second piece, especially because that's what JR's podcast with Conrad is this week. I think that's going to be phenomenal. Uh, JR and the King is a phenomenal live show. Sting behind the paint. 
that's gonna that's to me that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. My favorite of all time. Talking about certain things of his career. You got a live eighty three weeks with Guy Evans and the Nitro book. A live Taz show. Aren't in his own words. You got a ready to rumble watch along with Tony Schiavone, Shane Helms, and David Arquette. You got Bret Hart in his own words. The final something to wrestle with live. Lead his panel on women wrestling. A live talk is Jericho. Um, just in- incredible, incredible stuff, man. And if you're not going to be in Vegas, go to Fight TV. It's so affordable. You get all that content. You get it on demand. So if you don't want to, can't watch it when it's live, you can watch it later. I guarantee you, I'm not going to see everything because I'm going to be all over the place and I can only be one place at one time. I'm going to go back just like I did last year and get some of the shows on Fight because I want to see some of them. I want to hear what it is. So I, I beg you, if you're not there in Vegas, going to be enjoying StarCast, go on Fight and do it, man. I, I, it's going to be uh, a great, great stuff. And Fight has great content, you know, all around. They, they do a lot of great stuff. So I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, do it, do it, do it. So it's going to be a great time. I'm excited. If you can't hear it in my voice, it's, you know, in the air. It's Memorial Day weekend. It's Las Vegas. I'm going to be celebrating my 30th out there. If you see me, I'll have a Rock and Wrestling podcast shirt on most of the time. Come say hi. You know, don't be shy. Let's have a drink. Let's party. Let's celebrate pro wrestling. Let's celebrate pro wrestling podcast. Hell, I'll be in such a mood. I'll pull up my mic and you can come on the show. And it's going to be my StarCast recap. And I'll have fans people in attendance, whatever it may be. Hey, even you've got a podcast, you can come on. We'll talk for five, ten minutes. And I'll put you on the show. So it's going to be a great, great time. I'm super excited about it. You know I've got the other podcast guys with six packs. Uncle Mike and Baby Heff are going to be coming in on Saturday. We're going to be tearing up Vegas. It's going to be a great time. I'm looking forward to it. If you're not going to be there, order StarCast on Fight. Order Double or Nothing on Pay-Per-View. It's going to be such a good time. But I mentioned next week I've got a huge guest, and that guest is none other than Al Snow, WWE legend, Impact Wrestling. He is working now with OVW. Uh, if you remember OVW back in the day, it was a WWE developmental. They brought out the class that had Cena, Lesnar, Orton, Batista. Uh, Danny Davis sold it to Al Snow, and Al Snow is now running it. And me and Al had a great conversation about what he's doing with it now. He's turned it into a trade school. He's doing a combine for pro wrestlers. He's creating skills for them after their career in-ring career is over. It's a phenomenal conversation, and I can't wait for everybody to hear it next week. So next week on the show is Al Snow, and then I will be bringing you content within the next month. A StarCast 2 recap show with little mini interviews like I've done from StarCast, from Aftershock, and from Nam in the past year. And then finally, you'll get the live show that me and Josh are doing right here. But I please, if you're listening and you're listening all the way to the end, much appreciated. Please come to the live show, Tuscany Suites and Casinos, 7 p.m. Friday night. Me and Josh Chernoff, we're going to tear it up, man. And we are going to talk about wrestling entrance music. It's awesome. Once again, I appreciate everybody's support. I'll see you in Vegas, and I'll see you back here right next next week with my guest, Al Snow. Same bat time and same bat channel. Peace. I'm out. Northern California's number one rock festival is back. Aftershock, October 11th through the 13th. Discovery Park in Sacramento. I put my fingers in my eyes. 
Blink-182, Slipknot, Corn, Bring Me the Horizon, A Day to Remember, Marilyn Manson, and special appearances from Stain and Rob Zombie. Go to AfterShockFestival.com for all lineup and ticket information. AfterShock Festival.